Hey, this is Karen, Coach's Corner Chats, and joining me is Jeff Van Dusen. Jeff, where are you at and what are you up to? How's it going? Thanks for having me on. I'm I'm here, right? I'm just every day. I am working for the for the for the good of the cause of of, of coaches at all levels in our game. And uh, I'm 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 loving things. Uh, I'm based here in Kansas City, and it's a beautiful city. Soccer city, right? And uh, home of the 26 World Cup. I'm super excited. You're just talking about all that encompasses what does doing all the ground, the, the footwork, I guess, behind everything look like for on a daily basis? Well, you know, our, our, our national office, United Soccer Coaches National Office is, is based right here in Kansas City. It's here because the NCAA used to be here. And then um, a first executive director was Jim Sheldon. He worked for the NCAA and they said, hey, you can you can put the national office anywhere you want. So we kept it right here. And um, and then we've just grown here in Kansas City. And so we have a staff of uh, just about 25 people. And uh, so every day we're grinding and trying to do uh, the best services and give the best um, benefits for for youth coaches, for high school coaches, for college coaches that we can that we can offer. So our staff works every day for 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 all of that. And how long you've, you're at the position of CEO, how long have you been at that? And then what does that like task and responsibilities even undertake as maybe just overseeing everything? So I've been the CEO. Well, pr prior to that, I came to the association out of college coaching. Uh, I coached college for 16 years, 22 seasons, uh, mainly at the Division II level. Uh, played Division One, coached the NAI, um, all that good stuff. And then uh, was always around the association for since uh, 1995, where my first job with the association was I was at the College Cup where I was checking membership cards um, for coaches to make sure they were members to come in and get hot chocolate and brownies at halftime and in between the game. That was my first role with, with the association. Then continued to volunteer with the association uh, on awards committees uh, for education and then, of course, the convention. Uh, and, and then when Joe Cummings became the CEO, he hired me. I was his first full-time hire uh, for externally and came out of the college game, and that was 2011. And uh, been CEO since uh, January 2022. I uh, took over from Lynn Burling Manual, and my day to day is 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 really leading people, um, supplying the vision, and you know that's this really rolls into um, my leadership style in this position. Uh, I, I told the staff that on the very first day, I said, "This is my first time being a CEO, but not my first time leading a team." Mm -hmm. And I correlated it back to my coaching days. So as a coach, I would always supply the vision, right? Whether we were going to, uh, you know, win the conference or win this game or, or B 500 or whatever it was, improve on this aspect as a team, uh, I would supply the vision. And then the next one is empowerment and empowering your players, empowering your people to, to, carry out the vision and it's not my job to play the game my job is to empower the people to or the players to 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 put that vision into into action and that's what we do every day is and is is and then support 
our staff, like I did with my players, get them the right team meals, get travel well, right uniforms, right equipment, right training environment. Same thing here is I got to get them the, the, the right technology and, and the right uh, opportunities to, to grow upon that vision. And then the last one is obviously is, is inspire. So uh, that's what I do every day is, uh, you know, supply that vision, empower, support, and uh, inspire. So that's, that's it every day. But every day is a new challenge. And then you've got the other side of it where I have to manage the board. So <laughs> always the fun stuff. Uh, right. What was it like, though, when uh, you were given that opportunity back when you said he got brought on as a full time, the first full time person at the association? What did they see in you? Was it your leadership stuff? What was it that had taken you from handing out coupons and what have you so people could get hot chocolate to now like, hey, there's something they see in you? Well, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, if you asked Joe Cummings, he told me it was two things. He said, number one, he's a passion for the association, right? And passion for this profession and uh, the big picture, the vision of seeing what, what coaches need. And, uh, you know, obviously having that experience, I coached at every level along the way. I understand, I think, what coaches need and how to, how to take that idea and put it into place. Uh, and then, of course, leadership. So you can have all these great ideas and all of that, but if you don't, if you can't lead people to help you with that vision or mission or whatever, it, it doesn't do anything. So uh, I, it was those two things: the love and passion for the association, and, and then the potential for leadership. And I, I guess it worked out all right. When you look back, what what was the start for Jeff in terms of falling in love with the game? Like, were you a youngster when this happened? Were you a late bloomer? How did you even start this whole journey? So it was really interesting. I asked that question to my dad and he said, your mom just threw you in, signed you up. <laughs> and I was five years old and I'm 52 now. So it's been a part of my life ever since I was five years old. And it was, it was in Crystal Lake, Illinois, Northwest suburbs of Chicago. And I had, I got my jersey and it was one of those that was reversible. And I think the thing weighed like 20 pounds. It was like a heavy mesh and it's red on one side and gray on another. And I was number 21, I remember. And uh, my, I, I still remember the coach. It was a husband-wife team. And they were Coach Barry. It was Coach Barry. And, um, and they just, what I loved about it was they just instilled that love of the game, right? And it wasn't, it, they didn't try to, you know, put us all in lines. They just let us play and they, and, and they were so positive and engaging. And, and I remember that. I can't, re, I, I don't remember many of my coaches along the way until I got to high school, but I can tell you what, I, I remember Coach Barry's uh, husband and wife team. And then I can remember my club coach in high school and my high school coach and my and I had the biggest impact on me. So that was pretty cool. But I, I, everything I have in my life is, is due to this game. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm eternal grateful. And every day I walk into that office, I, I just I try and give back as much as I can. What was it about the, the high school coaches that really resonated with you when you think back? 
It's really funny. That's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a high school teacher. I wanted to coach PE or teach PE and health. And I wanted to be a high school boys and girls coach. Uh, Dave Ekstrom, uh, we, I grew up in a, in a, in a town outside of uh, Chicago, uh, Mundelein, Illinois, go Mundelein Mustangs. And, uh, you know, we weren't a soccer power by any means. I was this little scrawny little guy that played goalkeeper. And I started the last five games of my freshman year at the varsity level, if that tells you how good we were. Um, so, and uh, it, I just, I loved it. And I, I loved what Coach Ekstrom was about. And uh, he coached there for a lot of years and just recently retired. And, and uh, you know, he never won any state championships or anything like that. He just churned out great kids that really wanted uh, to, to play hard for his team and, and really give back to the community. It was, it was an awesome environment. And so that's really what I wanted to do. And that's what I went to college for. And, um, and then uh, I, 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 Played for a, a legend in the game, John McKenzie at Western Illinois. And, man, I tell you, that, those were some fun days. And then I was an assistant for him. So that got me hooked and uh, into the college game. And, and I got a college job, and the rest is history. How does one go from playing for a legend to then coaching for one? Do you go to him and say, I, I want to coach. Can I have an opportunity? Or how does that transpire that you end up being that assistant? That was interesting. Uh, I had a little bit left uh, of my undergrad degree. I broke my leg and we took a trip to Germany and I broke my leg, tib fib break. Um, and uh, so I had, a, I had, a, I, I didn't take as many hours as I, po as I possibly could, um, you know, coming back from that injury. And so I needed a little bit more time. And he's like, oh, Jeff, why don't you come help train the goalkeepers in that? And so I finished up my master or I started my master's degree and still my undergrad degree. It was it was kind of like all that time right there. And and I helped him um, coach the goalkeepers. And I just kind of fell in love with it and started doing some administrative stuff on, um, behind the scenes in the office and in in Western Hall 309. And uh, man, I, I just kind of fell in love with it. Listened to all the recruiting calls and took kids on recruiting visits uh, on campus. And I just had a great time with it. So you get your feet wet at Western Illinois. What's the next kind of phase? Where do you go in terms of the coaching? So it was interesting. I got my first college job and it was two days before preseason and it was in the Quad Cities uh, in right on the I, Illinois Iowa border, the Quad Cities, and it was on the Iowa side. It was a small school, Marycrest International University, and actually at the time it was Takeo Marycrest University. A, a Japanese company bought three small universities, and one on the west on the east coast, and then two in Iowa. And this was going to be an international business school that they were going to send a bunch of Japanese students to the United States. And, you know, they would have all the athletics. And, and so anyway, I, I, I took the job two days before preseason. I'm the men's and women's coach. And uh, we, we, we had some great success that first year. Both teams um, made the NAI tournament the first year. And I started, I started there with only nine women's players. I'm recruiting out of the dorms. I got a kid to come 
last minute from Canada who turned out to be this brilliant goalkeeper. And we played the whole season on the women's side, 14 women. And uh, we lost the first round. We lost to uh, Lindenwood. And then uh, the men at the time uh, made the NCAA tur- or the, I'm sorry, NAI tournament. We had to go to all the way to Kansas City and play Rockhurst. And we got pummeled 9 nothing. But anyway, that was a great experience. And then I went from there to Hastings College in Nebraska. And um, so I've got the Midwest covered as far as coaching jobs and, and all of that. So, but it's, uh, it's been a fun journey. When you look back at that first experience coaching the men and the women, a lot of people say it's a lot just to deal with one program, but you're dealing with two. What, when you look back, what was that experience like? Was it just like hit the treadmill and we're just going? A- absolutely. You know, it, and you're talking about preseason where you, you've got, you know, <laughs> you've, t- you've got two training sessions a day you know, plus all the meals and then you've got your meetings and then you've got to show, uh, you know, you got to have individual meetings and you got to get to know the players and all that stuff. And I didn't have a staff. I had uh, two volunteers that could come whenever they could. And uh, we didn't have the equipment. I'm lining the field myself. I'm cutting the field myself. It was, uh, you know, it, it, it etched in me uh, and, and brought out in me, the hard work. And I think every coach should start at that level, to be honest with you. It, the, the hard work, the a vision, what could happen, um, and, and then just the gelling of the team and putting the team, they, they connected more because they knew they had to help me and that we were all in this together. It was, it was pretty awesome. The leadership that I learned myself, but also the leadership that the team, um, uh, gathered together just from the standpoint, the players decide how well we're going to do. Mm. Right. And, and that's in every season. And it doesn't matter a lot of times what the coach is going, what says or what it's the team, they're going to decide how well you do. And so if you can find common ground and that's what we did and um, good communication and good experiences and, you, you let the leaders lead and, and um, it's, and sometimes you got to get out of the way. And that's, that's what I did. And man, it was fun. Those were, those are some of the best seasons. The other thing I was wondering is what was it like in terms of, cause you hear a lot like coaching males versus females can be a little bit different in the dynamic that you deal with. And then what about when like one team sound like both did well, but if one has a kind of a streak of not so good and then you turn around and put your hat back on for the men's game, How did you balance dealing with male versus female and then the good and the bad? Well, it's really funny because if, if I can fast forward, uh, I start when I, my first job from NAI, I went to Missouri Southern and I started the women's program at Missouri Southern. So I was the men's coach of this, uh, program that's been around for 30 some years. And then I've got the women's program who is just brand new. And this was their first season. I'm hired July one and their kickoff in August. And the record we were that year, we were one sixteen and one and gave up 77 goals and we scored seven. Okay. So we were not very good, no recruiting, nothing. And you talk and the men's that's one of the best seasons that they've ever had was my first year there. And so it was, it was pretty awesome from the standpoint of, uh, I, I, you know, you've got the one 
the men's side that was really kind of keeping me inspired and focused and ready to go. And it and really kind of helped pull the women along that what can this look like? Because the men, the first night, our home game, uh, it was a Friday night, 7.30 kick. And it's about 6.30 and I see these seven trucks pull up to the side of the field and they're throwing these couches over the fence, right? The field was in this little bowl, lights and sound system and scoreboard and just cool. And all these guys brought out, brought these couches and then they just lined the sidelines and just rowdy fans. We scored the first goal and they shot fireworks off. And I'm just like, this is unbelievable. This is from the fans. And, and so the, I, th I think the women's team really got inspired by the men. And I, I really appreciated that. I think a lot of times now, the men's and the women's teams are, are almost separate from each other and don't work well with each other or what. But I think I, I think that the women's team really got pulled along from from the success of the men. And eventually they got to be really good. And we were challenging. I was there four years. We were challenging. We had the conference player of the year. Um, my final year there, we were challenging for conference title. And and so I think that 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 environment that energy really helped bring both programs together the one thing you talked about was earlier was playing at the college level coaching at all of the levels getting all that experience um how impactful was that to one like you said i have the men's side which is already a like a tradition they're set in their ways we're just keeping the standard up and then at the other end you're building so you're really kind of like burning the candle at both ends in a way how big was that in terms of, you talk about leadership is really important to you. How did that help develop that piece? Well, it's, it's communication, right? I, I was a goalkeeper. Um, and so my job in, in, you know, when I was, when I was in the goal was always to be a great communicator and always to let the players in front of me know what's going on that I could see that they couldn't see. Cause you could see the whole field, right? And I, I just kind of have taken that concept into leading people. And um, it was it was great from that standpoint that I could just make sure that I knew who my leaders were and then inspire them and empower them to be leaders themselves and 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 be very direct. And that and that's one of the things that I, I think um, coaches can do that can hurt themselves or really help themselves is be direct. There's a, there's a great way to be direct and get your point across and be stern and without being degrading. Right. So uh, I, I really think uh, that was a skill that I really mastered and, and tried to make uh, my players understand what I wanted and do it in a, in a way that they could really be, that's really affectionate to be honest with you talked about being there for four years. When is it for you as a coach when you knew maybe it was time to move on and try a different spot? Well, that was interesting. I got kind of recruited away because I got by another school in the conference, Central Missouri. Hmm. And so Central Missouri always prided themselves in being one of the, uh, uh, being the class of the conference in all sports. So when you start beating them, they don't take that lightly and and they recruited me away and and gave me a better situation where i could just coach the, 
the women's team. And, and so I went from coaching 50, 60 kids just to 25 and one team, right? So uh, that was a good situation. And then even then, uh, I, I went from Central Missouri to the University of Indianapolis. And why I chose to go uh, uh, to Indianapolis was I wanted that urban campus environment for my family um, so my wife could get a job. She stayed home for a long time. Uh, and then, um, I, and scholarships had something to do with that too. So I went from a, a school that only had 7.4 scholarships to 9.9, .9, so a fully funded program. So uh, it, it, it was exciting. Um, so I continued to, to move up in Division II ranks and uh, was four years at each place. So Missouri Southern, Central Missouri, and then um, uh, University of Indianapolis. I think... I think I'm the only coach on the men's side and the women's side to leave a program and the next coach come in and win a national championship. Wow. Yeah. So should have stayed uh, another year. <laughs> I was, well, they didn't win it the next year, the couple of years, but it, you know, it's, it's the next coach came in and, and I really felt, I feel great about it because I think I felt that I, I, I helped build that environment and that foundation because if you think of where soccer is, and one was in Hastings College in Hastings, Nebraska, right? So the next coach came in, his Chris, Co Chris Cranks was his name. He was my assistant. But to help build that program, I started the program, and he, he built it into a national powerhouse. In the middle of Nebraska mm -hmm. is this – and when he won his national championship, it was with all Nebraska kids. They were all within 300 miles of Hastings, of Hastings College, right? And then – Central Missouri, I um, look, I am in no way saying that I had anything to do with these national championships. I didn't. I, but I feel like I helped build the foundation. And I think both of those coaches would would agree with that. And um, our, our when I was at Central Missouri, and I know I'm bouncing around a lot, but I, I get hired away from Missouri Southern, Central Missouri, my third game, we lost 10 nothing, And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I'm, is this the right profession for me? We just got crushed, 10 nothing, And uh, that was the first year, third game. My last game there was in the NCAA tournament against a team that beat us 10 nothing. So the, the, the NCAA game wasn't the same. We lost, I think, 2 nothing, but that, that's all right. But we, my last game at Central Missouri was in the NCAA tournament, and then they've made it ever, ever since then. That was, uh, when was that, 2009, uh, 2007. So, and they've been to the NCAA tournament ever since then. So it's good. When you look back on like those experiences of a 10-0 loss, you talk about even with the females, you know, when you're building the program, what do you, in terms of leadership, what's that look like when you go into the locker room after an experience like that, or even a season where you go 116 and one? So unfortunately I had that several times. Um, <clears throat> so I'll tell you a story. I had a player named Mallory. She was a Kansas City. So this is at Central Missouri. Third game, lost 10 nothing to University of Nebraska Mall. And they were Division II at the time. And I was the national chair of the D2 committee. So Don Klosterman, who was the head coach, he was sending me a message that, hey, we're pretty damn good and we need to be the number one team in the region. That's what he was doing, right? Anyway, um, so... 
coming into the locker room afterwards, you know, I just, it, it was very humbling and, you know, you're patient, you're kind and you tell the players, Hey, let's, let's digest this. And, and we'll talk about this uh, the next time we see each other. The next day, a player ma- named Mallory, she's a freshman, Kansas city kid comes into my office and she's, she's pissed off. And she says to me, coach, I'm from, uh, she goes, uh, uh, I, from my club team, won an a, or won a state championship and my high school team won a state championship. She goes combined for the last year. I don't think we gave up 10 goals in a full year. And we just gave up 10 goals in 90 minutes. And I just said, calm down. Let's build this. Let's build this together. And we made a pact that day that we would we would identify the best players. She would help me with recruiting visits, you know, when they come on campus for official visits and help be a leader and all of that. She was a four-time all-conference player. And together, her and I, the last game she played, she was the only senior left on that team that made the NCAA tournament. And so her last game was in the NCAA tournament. So it was kind of bittersweet. It was a really cool story. And she was an all-conference player for four years in a row. Then she went with me to University of Indianapolis, and she was my grad assistant. So she was awesome. And uh, now she's now she's crushing it here. I think she worked for Kiwit here in Kansas City. So so awesome. And I think she's uh, uh, she's one of the big directors, and uh, she's. She told me she's the only female in a in a room full of men, and uh, so, and she attributes a lot of that to to soccer. The one thing you just mentioned being on the the committee, what was it like to start branching out beyond just coaching, starting to do some of those types of jobs as well? What was that like to kind of see maybe things from a different perspective? You talk about boardroom, you know, conversations stuff that you deal with now. What was that like to say, okay, I'm like, let me take my coach's hat off for a minute and talk, look big picture. Well, a lot of, t- a, a lot of it during that time was really, you know, title nine just celebrated 50 years, but it really, I, I, and I think for soccer, it really didn't kick in till the late nineties, early two thousands, where a lot of women's programs just started to uh, really develop and a lot of universities started to really bring on their women's programs. And so I really felt that it was my job as an up and coming coach to help advocate for the sport. And, you know, soccer doesn't always have uh, the greatest facilities, didn't always have the greatest amount of funding and all that. Like, look at, I was making, I think $28,000 and I was coaching two teams. Uh, and I've got 50 athletes that I'm coaching. I was a glorified admissions counselor, you know, that got a little bit of fun money to inspire the kids to play. And so I felt that it was important to help spread that word because I knew that serving on NCA committees, serving on coaches committees, that was one, I was going to learn how to be a better leader, but to advocate for the game um with athletic directors and that and then of course i think it's always about who you know rather than what you know 
and when you surround yourself with good people, good things happen. And um, that that's a philosophy that I had. And but it was really about bettering myself and bettering the game and advocating for the game. The one thing you mentioned as well is when the move to Indianapolis, the part of the piece was getting a, a spot for your wife to find and get your family kind of settled. How important has she been in the equation of getting Jeff to where he is now? Well, uh, it's been incredibly important. Um, you know, my kids, uh, I have a 25 year old who's in law school. I've got uh, a 21 year old who's a grad assistant at Queens University uh, women's soccer team in, in Charlotte, North Carolina. She's doing that right now. She loves the sport. She played division three uh, at, at Simpson College in Iowa and now is, is, is hopefully going to continue to 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 go on and, and do coaching and um, at that. But uh, and then my youngest is 16 and she's a tennis player and she's got straight A's. So I'm super proud of all my kids. And and, and my wife at the time has been a, a strong force in in helping raise those kids and having build great opportunities because being a college soccer coach was not easy and it's not a uh, a job where you're home at five o'clock every day right and and so you've got obviously you have to have a very supportive spouse when you talk about you're at indy is that what what point do you start looking at I want to make a bigger impact and maybe start stepping away from coaching or is there more past Indy? No, that was, that's a great question. Um, I went in when I, uh, Dr. Sue Willie is an icon in division two, um, a fantastic AD. Um, she, she and I had conversations during the interview process of what I wanted to do. I could, I wound up only coaching 16 years. I wanted to coach college for 20. And then I was going to, we kind of had a handshake agreement that I was going to hopefully then go into the assistant AD role and see where that took me. I really love the administrative side of the, of, of the sport and providing that vision and, and really, again, advocating for the sport and trying to make it better for coaches. And so that's why I, I think this role, um, well, the, the role given to me uh, in, in 2011 when I was at Indy to come be the director of events at United Soccer Coaches, then the NCAA, then, then the NSCAA was a perfect role for me. I felt that I wanted to make a big difference in the sport. And I compared myself. So I'm, I think I'm making a big difference in these leading this team of 30 players on the women's side, or I can go to the NSCAA and make a big difference to coaches that affect teams of players, right? By running the director, the director of events, which was uh, the convention and inspiring four to 6,000 coaches every January to go back to their team and have the latest and greatest uh, techniques in coaching um, and, and network and coaching and, opportunities coming out of that convention are endless. And so I felt like I can make a bigger impact on the game. And that's when I really started to see it. And then uh, through my time at the association, 
I just got more and more involved in all the decisions that were made around the association that impact coaches and uh, I, I, the strategic side of it. And that's, that's, been, that's been a fun ride for me um, to then grow into the CEO role. It's, uh, it, it, it's, it's been a, a, obviously it's been the greatest honor of my life. Uh, but also I think I, I'm making an impact on the game as well. Was there a moment when you took, when you moved in and started helping out with the NSCAA and then now the United soccer coaches that you have to kind of show a little bit of patience. Like there's so much you could do. Is there part of you that wanted to like, you know, you're, it sounds like you're very much a goal oriented, like let's get things done. But is there a part of you that had to be like, we've got to slow down a little bit. Let's make sure we focus on what we need to focus on and do it at a very, very solid level. Well, there's definitely, you know, stay in your own lane mentality. Right. Um, I, 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 one of the biggest things that I'm trying to work on is, is the uh, relationship with the Federation and what that means for coaching education, a lot of work being behind the scenes. There's a, a lot of work right now being done behind the scenes as far as what education is to this country and the pathway for youth coaches, high school coaches, and college coaches. And, you know, some opportunities present themselves, uh, 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 you know, in the, in the weirdest way. Um, you know, like this coach credentialing program that we've built for college coaches, it is going to change college coaching for all sports at the NCAA. And I, I'm so excited about it and we're building it and we're doing it. And this is something that's going to be a game changer because it's all about the player coach relationship. Coaches at the college level know what formation they want to play and how they want to play and do that where they need the most help is and guidance is that player coach relationship and, and, and leading coaches, um, you know, off, off the field and how they can build their team for, to produce on the field. And that's what I'm really excited about what we're doing with it, with, with that coach credentialing program. But I, I'm telling you, I, I think leading this organization right now, it, it's critical from the standpoint of what education means to, coaches, advocacy, what that means to coaches, our coach communities, and having that vision of, of who you are as a coach or who you coach and being that home of all coaches is the focus that I have every day walking into that because I want you as a coach to be able to uh, have a community where you can relate to others because that's what this association is about. That's what I fell in love with. Right. That's why this association is what it is, is because of the relationships that you that, that you uh, connect with and grow with. But then also having that opportunity to have resources where you can go and open up and, and find out how to work with other coaches, other players and and find out all of the issues that are happening surrounding players and and fellow coaches I, I i can't think of a better resource than united soccer coaches and that's what we're trying to do every day so that's a little bit deeper than what i talked about at the beginning but uh that's what really drives us the one thing i loved was earlier you talked about mom just threw me in and i had the double-sided mm -hmm. jersey and what have you 
what has it been like for them to kind of watch your kind of ascension to now the like you said the large impact that you have now on the game of soccer in the u.s and, and nationally i don't think they quite understand it um, <laughs> so i i you know my mom has passed that's okay but she's uh she'd be the first one to tell you how proud of me she is right um my my father who is 80 he's going to turn 85 and in, in in about two weeks and he's been to the convention quite a bit and he he walks around as proud as could be and um you know he 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 inspired me quite a bit i don't think that guy missed a game and uh in in my whole career and uh, it was funny we were driving across iowa into illinois uh three weeks ago and he's like man i remember riding I put a lot of miles on this highway coming to see you play. And so it, it, it's, he's really proud of me. And, and uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun. This it's, it's not a, I don't have a background that I went to the best schools or played for the best teams and, and all that. It's a grinder mentality. And, and um, it's definitely taken my experience as a player and as a coach and the mentors that I have, um, and 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 really molded it into my own style. I was going to say one of the things that I've really picked up on is your ability to reflect back, and you remember a lot of really detailish things, like with Morgan and her, like coming in the next day, and she was upset about how the game went, or you can specifically remember uh, the team that we played in the final, and this was the score, and the, all those types of things. Has it sounds like just your experiences, you really, really soak in and, and take, you know, real ownership of. So my big thing, and and it's really funny, Erica, who manages the convention, will she rolls her eyes every time I say this, is think like the attendee, right? And and so when she's putting on the convention and she's making decisions about the convention. Um, that I used to make and, and all that, I would always put myself the role of the member now. And that's one of our core values internally is think like the member. How does the member experience this? How is the member going to experience our education? How does the member experience uh, the, the customer service aspect, right? Membership services. Uh, how does the member uh take on the, the website. Do we have the information that we need? Is it easy to digest? Are we easy to buy from? Are we easy to connect to? And, and, and when you put yourself uh, in the member's shoes or the coach's shoes and you think like they do, then the things become, there becomes a clearer picture. So, and then of course I have to step back and then I have to make tough decisions sometimes on the budget and all those kind of things. So, but anyway, that's I, I we try and put things from the coach's perspective always. And those experiences that I have felt, um, I think are really similar to most of the coaches in our association. If I came from one of the top 25 programs and we're always top 25 programs, I'm not sure that I can relate as well as I can now. If I didn't paint those the lines on the field or cut the grass myself or pump the balls or, or do the laundry and and 
all of that stuff or coach both the men's and women's teams, I don't think I could relate as much as I can right now uh, to coaches. So it seems like it's so focused on growing the game, impacting the game at all levels. What does Jeff do to get away? Is there a time where your brain is not soccer focused? <laughs> uh, good. I'm, I'm an, um, I love to go on vacation, right? I love to spend time with my, my, my kids. Uh, I love to scuba dive. I love to ride my bike, um, a, a cycle, uh, you know, uh, you know, with pedals. Right. Um, and then I, I actually, I, I, I'm a big Chicago fan. I love the Chicago bears. I love the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, and so I, I love to, to get in, uh, into into those sports as well. So, so when you look big picture now, trying to grow the game impact through the association, what are some of your kind of is there a big dream of like here's what we'd like to see happen, or is it we'll just continue to keep focusing on let's get the convention doing great? You're excited about the coaches' credentials for the college. Are there other things kind of maybe wish list that you have on your mind? Well, first of all, I'm going to go to the convention. The convention is going to be no, uh, unlike any experience that you've ever had before in Anaheim. And I'm telling you this, uh, I think there are a lot of surprises that will really engage coaches uh, that that I'm truly excited about. And my staff would kill me if, if I told you. I, you're just going to have to trust me. I ran that thing for 11 years, and this would probably be the best event ever as far as attendee experience and and so uh, uh, that's exciting to me and they haven't told me everything they're, they're they want me to be surprised right so I, I i and i'm not just saying that i i think um we'll just say angie eliason is my coo and she and she's come to kansas city from las vegas and she's got bright lights and big city and i think there's going to be a lot of cool things uh, 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 and so I would just keep, keep a look out on the website and what that looks like. So, but the convention is awesome. Um, I, I, look, I, I think there's a little bit of staying with your lane, big picture goals. I really want to continue this, um, collaboration, finding ways that we can help the Federation in coaching education. Um, I, I think there's some good discussions happening. I really feel that uh, the federation and uh, the, the 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 ecosystem of our game will look entirely different in a year from now. Uh, I really do. I I think that there's some great leadership right now happening uh, at, at the federation level um, with JT and Cindy and and uh, uh, their, some of their new staff that they've brought in. I'm very excited. Um, what. I think this sport's going to look like a year from now. And I think United soccer coaches would be along for the ride um, uh, uh, with that. And so those collaborations are super important. Uh, we want to continue to be the home of all coaches and, and continue to build great experiences for our coaches. And I, I think teaching coaches how teaching adult learners, how to teach is important important and impactful. I think um, celebrating coaches, nobody celebrates coaches like United Soccer Coaches does. 
And I think that's incredibly important that we continue to do that on an outstanding level. I think uh, coach credentialing program, this is, uh, as I said earlier, this is going to change uh, coaching education, not only in soccer, but for all sports. And I, I think this program that we're going to, that we're doing and um, is, is really going to be so impactful. Do you realize that college coaches are not credentialed, but everybody they surround themselves with is, including mm -hmm. the bus driver, the athletic trainer, the nutritionist, the bus driver, the athletic directors, all of that. Everybody's, um, everybody's credentialed except for the coach. Now, you could say they have a license or a diploma for coach. coach yeah, but that's on the field stuff. But what's the matter? Uh, 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 and uh, and what's the biggest difference is is how those how that player coach relationship totally affects the on the field portion. So I don't think kids quit the game because of the game. I think kids quit kids quit the game because of people, and we've got to do a better job of educating those coaches and how to connect more with those with those kids at every level. This has been an awesome chat, and that's a perfect way to shut this thing down. This is Karen, Coach's Corner Chats with Jeff Van Dusen, and I'm out. Peace. What a great chat. Thanks for checking it out. If you haven't done so already, follow us on Twitter at Coaches Let's Chat. Hit that subscribe button. And once again, if you get a chance, drop a review. It's super, super helpful for growing the podcast. Have a good one. Peace.